Hi, it's Dr. Neil Civila, and the guest uh, for this episode is Dr. Mitzi Vargas. Dr. Vargas received her DVM from Tuskegee University in 1994. In 1996, she established her AHA-accredited Orchard Springs Animal Hospital in Winter Haven, Florida. In 2009, she began her studies at the Qi Institute, eventually getting certifications in acupuncture, Chinese herbal medicine, food therapy, and Tui Na. She's also a fellow of the American Academy of Veterinary Acupuncture. She's one of just two certified balance method practitioners in the United States. She's also a certified veterinary spinal manipulator. She also obtained her master's degree in TCVM at the Qi Institute, where she works as a teaching assistant and lecturer for the Qi USA, Latin America, and Peru. She's also worked as a consultant for Disney. Dr. Vargas is also a certified veterinary journalist and has lectured at many national and international veterinary conferences. She was honored by the American Veterinary Foundation as America's Favorite Veterinarian in 2015 and by the Florida VMA as Veterinarian of the Year in 2018. Please enjoy my conversation with Dr. Vargas as we explore her roots in integrative medicine, talk about starting and building an integrative practice, and preview some of her upcoming webinars for CIVT. Dr. Vargas, thanks for joining us. How are you? Doing good. Thank you for inviting me, Neil. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. Hey, so do you remember uh, when you decided you wanted to be a veterinarian? Oh, like if it was yesterday. <laughs> I yeah? Bet you, uh, yeah, I bet you if you ask a, a lot of vets, I, I guarantee you at least 80% of them knew that they wanted to be a veterinarian when they were kids. And I remember, like if it was yesterday, I, I had a cat and... Um, I was probably, I was seven years old and uh, my cat got um, hit by a car and uh, it just, it didn't die immediately. It went running into the house and under my bed. So I crawled under the bed and I was just crying and, and just hysterical. And, um, and I just felt, you know, her die in my arms. And that was so, such a dramatic uh, episode in my life. And I realized that if I knew how to how to fix it, you know, then she would not die. So that's when I decided that this is what I want to do. Um, so nice. yeah, that's yeah. So where did you do your pre-veterinary studies? Um, I did pre-vet in, in Puerto Rico in the university of uh, Puerto Rico and Maya West. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then I went to Tuskegee university. And the reason I went to Tuskegee was because the veterinarian that I used to volunteer for um, was truly admired, super sweet, um, rest in peace, Dr. Hernandez in, in Puerto Rico. And he was well-known, great reputation, super compassionate person. Uh, I admire him so much. And uh, he was uh, in the military and he went to Tuskegee University. So I just wanted to be like him. <laughs> so instead of being yeah. like Mike, I wanted to be like Dr. Hernandez. <laughs> and- <laughs> How, how many uh, people were in your class? Um, only probably around 50. So times have changed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how many How many would go graduate from Tuskegee now? Oh, now like 80, 80 or more. Yeah. So, you know, I've been a vet for 26 years, so I, I've seen a lot of things change and the classes are definitely getting bigger. Yeah. So how many women were in your class? Um, that's another one. It was probably 50-50. And now the whole industry, as you know, has taken to be <laughs> way above uh, 70% and in some cases 90% women, right? So, 
Sure. Yeah. So when you were in school, did you did you have any inkling that you wanted to do integrated medicine or was it just small animal or what were you thinking? Well, do you know what? It's like destiny always follows you and sometimes you kind of like stepped out of the way, but somehow you in this set, uh, a lot of sets of turnarounds and you go to where you're supposed to. I don't know if serendipity, right? So I don't know if, if that played a part, but in, in vet school, um, I hated large animal. I didn't want anything to do with it. I was a small animal. I went to vet school to just do cats, be a specialist in cats, which, you know, I did, I didn't really do, but, um, but in, in, in senior year, you're supposed to present a case to the whole faculty and, and the student body. And that's your, your clinic's grade. And if you don't pass it, then you don't graduate. Right. So, uh, uh-huh. and, and they, and they torture you up there. So I was so afraid of that case for large animal. So what I did is, uh, my, my student, uh, friend, uh, Dr. Sanchez and I look for something that they wouldn't know anything about so that they couldn't crucify us and make us look like dummies in front of them. Uh-huh. So actually laminitis, treating laminitis with acupuncture was something that we saw in, um, in those times, uh, Neil, there's no like uh, internet like we have it right now. So we just saw it in a newspaper, some some article in Atlanta. And so we went to the racetrack in Atlanta and interviewed a vet that uh, was doing um, acupuncture. And we we were both fascinated. My friend, Dr. Marta Sanchez, she, she completed her IVAS in 2000. I mean, we graduated and we said, oh, we're going to do it. But I started my business. So in postponing it, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to learn it later. And so it took me a lot longer than Marta to to do it because I was into growing my practice and doing other things. And so it wasn't until 2009 when I actually said, okay, enough postponing it. I This is what I really want to explore. And I never looked back. Do you remember who that veterinarian in Atlanta was? No, I can I I actually asked Dr. Sanchez if she remembered and she couldn't remember either. But it was somebody somebody yeah. that was, you know, had notoriety in, in, in Atlanta. And it was an older gentleman sure. at that time. So ah. we don't know. Not many acupuncturists probably. Yes, then. exactly. It was very new. And and we were absolutely right. They were there were crickets in the audience. Nobody there to ask anything because they didn't know what to ask. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> that was good. So so definitely no exposure to, besides that experience, no exposure to integrated medicine never, while you were in school. Never, never, never. And that has changed tremendously because even in Tuskegee, there is a holistic club and they actually, you know, seek speakers and they go to conferences and they promote um more holistic but uh, aspects and alternative medicine including acupuncture and other other modalities and obviously you see in so many schools adopting uh, just developing a whole branch into like integrative medicine department and things like that yeah is that offered at Tuskegee through no, the clinic it's not uh it's available as preceptorship but just the student body just it, there is interest um, but I'm just saying in other vet schools, like, uh, here in my state in Florida, UF university of Florida, those have a whole department, which is head or it was headed by Dr. Shea, which, you know, we both know. 
Sure. So after graduation, where'd you go? Um, I went to do my dream. I, I wanted to do a, a just a cat doctor, only cats, and that's what I did. Um, the late Dr. Alspach, she passed away, but her practice was the old um, cat clinic, the uh, Coral Gables cat, cat, cat Clinic, and that's where I did my first year. And uh, after doing the same thing 300 times, I kind of like changed my mind. <laughs> so... So yeah. then I, I went to another with Dr. Gerson, who I think retired a long time ago too. And um, I did, he did about 25% exotic. So I really liked that, uh, that mix, like 65 or 70% small animals and the rest exotic. So I, I really liked that one. Did you have exposure to exotics uh, in school? No, we had a club and I was in the club, but we just, you know, just talks and things like that, but, um, um, not really. Yeah. So how long were you at the second practice? Another year. And it was more of a, a difference in practice. Uh, my, my values were different than the owner and, uh, into how to treat your staff and to how to treat your customer. <laughs> Let's just put it very kindly. Sure. And so I just decided that it was yeah. just not the way that I wanted to practice. And so my husband, uh, we had just married at the time, 24 years ago, and he told me if I was unhappy, I should do what I think should be done, you know, the way it should be done. And so obviously it was very you know, wonderful that he did that because he was very supportive from the get-go and we started our own clinic in 1996, just two years after vet school. That must have been incredibly very stressful. Very much so because if you think we don't get any holistic um, tre uh, training, imagine how much business we got. We got zero, so. <laughs> right, right. So how'd you pick your spot? How do you well, your location? Because I didn't know anything. I did every, everything that yeah. could be wrong and done wrong. I did, Neil. So if anybody wants any advice on uh, the school of hard knocks, I am, I am your gal because I have done everything. So how yeah. do I pick my spot? I came to visit my then future um, in-laws and I lived in Miami and that's where I met in Coral Gables and that's where I met my husband. And uh, we came here to central Florida in a sleepy town of Winter Haven at the time. And uh, I just loved it. I went to Publix, which is a local supermarket here. And everybody was so kind. I was driving and nobody was cutting in front of me. Everybody was so polite, so nice. And I just I just fell in love in a weekend and I just said, okay, this is where I'm going to practice. And there was a, uh, an older building that had two stories. Then the top story was, uh, how, um, you know, it, it was a house. And then the bottom part, it would be about roughly 15 or 1600 square foot. Uh, and it was, it was, uh, for business, you know, it had the, it was clear to be a business and that's where I started, Neil. And that was, uh, 24 years wow. ago. Wow. So bank loan, start on your own, no clients, just hung, up a, hung up a sign, no clients and, uh, borrowed the, the stuff to start. The, and, uh, that was it. It just, yeah. uh, 
it's just very naive yeah. and very uh, hopeful and luckily it worked out so so how long before you hired your first associate uh, so it was probably 2002 so that was yeah so you went yes. six years on your own yeah wow <laughs> okay and then, and then, how long till the one, the next one? After? Uh, two thousand and seven, and then, okay. and then those two, okay. you know, went away. And then I've, I've had some, some that have come and gone. And presently, we have three associates. And of my three associates, uh, two are just strictly Western and dabble in in a little bit of holistic, and the other one is like me integrated, and we do acupuncture and other and herbs and everything. Sure. So are you still in the f- same physical location? No, or have we, moved, you ever moved? we moved across the street. We, we moved to a house, a real proper house. And then we, um, and we built a 5,000 square facility. So coming from 1500 to 5,000, I thought I would never, I don't know what to do with that space. Well, guess what? In five years, we outgrew it. And we went through uh, a big loan to expand to 10,000 square facility. And um, the funny thing is that it was all roses and, and smelling like, like champions. And then 2008 happened. And I happened to open in, this, in January of 2008. And if you remember what happened in September of 2008, <laughs> it was not mm, the best yo, time. Yes. Let's just put it this way. It's not the best time to have a brand new expansion and a brown three, $3 million loan. Uh, when your economy goes bottom, so if if my if my marriage and my uh, career has survived that, then I tell you, there's n- we're indestructible. <laughs> oh yeah, that that must have. So you that was at the point where you went from five thousand yes, to ten thousand yes. square feet. Yeah. So third location, and all of a sudden the economy yes. goes south. And but it it, wow. it tells you like if you go into a place and you are part of the community then that community is going to support you. And it is true that the veterinary medicine business, it's pretty much uh, recession resistant. But in 2008, we saw for the first yeah. time, uh, many, many clinics closed. So I'm very blessed that I didn't, um, I had one kind of like no growth year and then it's been growth ever since. But um, you really have to work at it, obviously, and work on your reputation and, uh, TCVM, I feel like TCVM gives me that edge. Uh, it gives me that um, loyalty on the clientele um, because when they meet me, they usually have gone to other vets and told that there's no um, no other options or very expensive options or you know anything like that. And then I go with some acupuncture, some herbs, or some food therapy or. Uh, chiropractics and I go ahead and, and heal their pet. And so they're forever fans that they become, instead of being clients, they become fans. So that has helped me a lot to be able to carve my niche, to stay in a good position um, in the community and, and visibility that way. Oh yeah. It's extremely helpful. So you're, you're in, you're in practice. At what point do you decide to do the, you, was acupuncture first? Yes, acupuncture was first. And, uh, I was kind of prompted by my dog at that time. Uh, Bruno, he was a beautiful black shepherd 
and uh, he developed DJD at five and a half and was very lame. And so I started immediately doing carprofen or remedy on that time. And uh, his liver enzymes skyrocket. He did not react very well to it. And so I decided I definitely need to uh, learn acupuncture because he can't, I, I don't know how I'm going to treat him. And I'm happy to say that he lived to 12 and a half, a beautiful life and pain-free uh, thanks to that, you know, modalities. That's wonderful. So what year did you start the training, the training? I started in 2009. Okay. All right. So had you been dabbling at all on your own before that or you well, kind of held off? Well, before, yeah, I was dabbling with homeo non-homeopathics, but with um, Western herbs, uh, just self-thought uh, Western herbs and nutraceuticals and using a lot of adequan and a lot of um, tramiel and things like that um, with with my clients, with my patients and uh energy healing too. So instead of Reiki, like everybody does, I did reconnective healing. And so I got certified reconnective as a reconnective practitioner. And that's with Dr. Eric Pearl. It's a human kind of like, uh, uh, energy healing modality. And so I started doing first before acupuncture I actually did energy healing. And then right quickly, I realized that, okay, if we are all made of energy and uh, we're working with uh, reconnective energies, working on the energy that is uh, without touching the body, you know, the, the, that it is emitted by the, um, by the fields of energy in your body, then the, the morphic fields, then I will be, you know, ignorant if I didn't know how to do the channels of acupuncture, which is where the energy is concentrated at the level of the surface of the skin. And so it would be more effective in my view. And that's what convinced me in like, and the previous experience, like I said before, that it was time. It's time. Universe is calling. I need to answer. It's time to learn this. Yeah. So you hadn't, you probably had an associate yes. by then. I've lost track of the time. Okay. So over mm -hmm. to the Chi Institute. And. Yeah. So how was that? I mean, as far as your education, did you? I loved it. Um, it? I love the Chi because it's a family environment and uh, it's a one to five ratio. I loved it. Uh, Dr. Shea is one of those genuine persons, 100%. There's no fakeness about him. He's extremely smart and extremely, you know, accomplished. And so he's a great teacher in that sense. And and he believes in you a lot. So as a great teachers do, they they see things in their students that the students would never imagine. And so he saw uh, in me a way that, that I was a teacher. And, and he invited me to teach there as a TA in 2014. And so for the past six years, I've been a TA, a regular TA there. That must be a great experience. Yeah, to I really do because I know what worked for me and what connected with me. So I'm now able to bring that to uh, my groups that I have and that I'm trying to teach the points. And the good thing is I have the clinical experience to back some usage of the points. So it, it, it makes it easier. I think I'm a visual person. And so I feel like people 
learn better when they know what to use it for, what situations, and, you know, to make it more of a integrated, really, with what they do every day. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you do a lot of lecturing, too. So when, when did that kind of fall well, into you your know, timeline? it's one thing after the other. Um, so after I did that, I was invited I, I had so many great cases of acupuncture, so I presented at the 2014, well, since then, 14, 15, 16, every year I presented at the International TCVM Conference, and my cases are pretty, you know, I pick, you know, things that people will like, and uh, pretty great results, and so Dr. Shagan saw that, you know, I'm really good with certain things, and so invited me to lecture on them. And uh, every time, every year, he, he says, hey, how do you think about, uh, like last year, he said, well, cancer, uh, you have so many cancer cases, would you like to do, you know, lecture for cancer? So I, I did that. And so, you know, when he invites me to, he, he says, you know, you have so many good cases about this, why don't you make a, you know, publish a paper, or do something like that. So uh, I just... He gets encouragement, so I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> so, yeah, yes, just yes. a progression. Yeah. So, how did you promote when you started doing? You got the training, started doing more of the acupuncture in your practice. How did you promote well, that to your clients? Well, my sound morbid, but the, because I live in a very in, at that time very homogeneous population, very uh, you know, very. They call it the Bible Belt for a reason. They're very conservative. Uh, acupuncture wasn't what we think something that was, a, a, you know, will sell like hotcakes. So what I thought, how do I introduce this um, weird, you know, witchy type medicine um, without losing, you know, my clients? So I thought, how about the end of life consultations? And so every time there was an end of life consultation and the owners were unsure that they wanted to proceed, I would say, well, how about we tried acupuncture? And if you tried acupuncture um, and it doesn't work, then at least you will know that it's time, number one, and you will feel good that you did everything, even crazy acupuncture. And that's what I would say. And every time that people would accept doing acupuncture. And as a matter of fact, Neil, I did um, a paper. It's published in, you know, with the TCVM um, uh, conference. And it was on the financial impact and, long and the longevity also of uh end of life appointments. And what I did is I went back in a retrospective study of the year 2010 and I picked what cases I did that year um, that actually took the acupuncture. And there were 10 cases. Um, that's what I could find that I could have follow up. And I have 10 cases. And of those 10 cases, the average lifespan was 30, 34 months. So can you imagine if wow. somebody tells you, is it time? And then you get 34 months and that's the average. So some of them are still uh, um, at the time that I published, which was like probably 2016, they were still alive. But, um, but, but there was yeah. cancer. Most of them were cancer. Um, most of them were really terminal things and they lived. And the financial impact, um, I remember clearly it was a, 
close to 2,600 uh, per client for TCVM treatments and around uh, around 1,800 for Western medicine. So what I was trying to, I mean, I didn't want to be callously putting a number, uh, a monetary number on those, but I was trying to open the eyes to the practitioners that this modality can help you keep your pets alive longer. And the owners of those pets are devoted owners and they will spend in the care of this pet. And so uh, even though traditionally holistic medicine is a lot cheaper than the diagnostics and um, treatments of Western medicine, still, you know, uh, you're going to need both and integrated medicine. So it's definitely a win-win. I mean, the owners are pickled think that think think that they are their pets are alive and the pets are alive and enjoying life so that's great and you have kept your patient alive and you know financially being rewarded by it so i think uh, it was a great paper i thought and just to explain to kind of open the eyes of people that might have even gone through ivas or any other other schools of acupuncture and but not integrated fully integrated or used um this modality to their capability that seems to be a problem, right? You see a lot of docs that'll go through the training and then for whatever reason, they get back to their practices and just can't and really get it to take off. you understand that? I don't understand that. I I guess I'm like not a quitter. I'm pretty competitive type A. Even my blood is type A positive. So <laughs> I cannot help but being positive and trying to incorporate something. But I'm just so passionate about it. And I don't understand why you would put yourself through learning a whole new language because it is an, a whole new language uh, and a whole new perspective on, on, on healing and then just sitting on it with not using it. So I think it's a disservice to, to your patients and to your clients and to yourself not to use it. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if it's maybe lack of a support system, you know, if you get back into a practice and you don't have those classmates around to keep you motivated. Or if you're an associate and there. the owners uh, are na- narrow-minded. Um, and sometimes that's the universe telling you, go to the beat of your own, own drums, you know, just leave and, and try to do it. But of course, it's, you know, it's it's a gutsy move sometimes to just go into the unknown. But I I I can only encourage people to do so because 24 years ago, I just did it, and uh, there's not a day that I'm not happy and, and, and grateful that I did. Oh, that's great. So when you started to see these patients as you know f- consultations for euthanasia, end of life, did you get owners to buy into a certain amount of treatments? Did you know, because certainly having them just commit exactly. to one treatment probably. So what I did, just, I do not yeah. recommend to anybody. <laughs> Because now I teach about, <laughs> I teach also because again, because of knowing all the bad things that I've done and, you know, or not bad things, but financial mistakes or financial risky moves that some pay off and some didn't pay off. And, uh, but I recovered, um, I would say to the new incipient, uh, acupuncturists or whether it's uh, spinal manipulation or anything new that you learn. Do not give it for free. I did. I, I did because it was the end of life. They already paid for the visit. And I said, well, I'll treat it this time and uh, give you three treatments, um, three treatments for free. 
And of course, you know, the good thing is that they continue the treatments, but that was very risky uh, move, you know, to give away three treatments uh, to all these people. But I mean, it paid off. I, I also, um, in the study, I saw, I saw how many people um, did they refer? And it was about 32. So those 10 cases referred 32. So the average is about three people. So they will not only be happy with you, but they'll bring in at least three people. So that's, uh, in this day and age, it's hard to get, um, people, people always complain and, and they complain to 15 people, but to get them to bring you people is hard. And it's, but but yet it's the yeah. most cost effective way of acquiring clients is to word of mouth because you're getting this personal seal of approval, you know, on these people that they trust. So um, it's your best bet to try to gain that. You bet. I mean, I know uh, probably any management expert would say, don't give it away. But if you ran the numbers now, you'd say, hey, I gave away three acupuncture pr- treatments to this client, but they... You know, they brought me through internal referrals. Oh, yeah. They brought me. Yes, it was a lot of money and, yeah. and it multiplied. But but I would not, maybe one. <laughs> okay, so I said, okay, maybe the one at that office visit. And because now, obviously, I'm a better acupuncturist now than I was 10 years ago. So obviously, I my treatments are a lot better. <laughs> In the beginning, I was kind of like figuring it out, you know, and you know how we are when we first start learning acupuncture we want to use all the points in the book and so now i do i do sure mostly balance acupuncture so i do minimal needle techniques of one to three needles and that's what i do so i wouldn't mind and and i do a lot of acupuncture too so i would definitely which is b12 in the points for those who don't know it um so anyways uh, because of that i think um that nowadays I would just maybe do one free when they're there, pay for the office. I'll probably do a quick treatment and say, and I know with confidence that it will improve. And so they will, um, you know, they will uh, come back. So what caught your eye with the balance method? What was the intrigue Well, I did take uh, Dr. Bruce Ferguson, who we lost recently, uh, he was a luminary in the world of TCVM, and I always admire him. So in, I believe it was 2015, the TCVM International Conference, when he uh, had a workshop on balance method. And so I had planned to go to other workshops, but I went to his small animal watch workshop, and I did not get anything. I, I mean, I was impressed, but I, I couldn't understand it. So the next day, and it was four hours. And I still couldn't understand it. So then next day he had had it for large animal and I forgot all that I had planned to attend. And I went to his workshop for large animal because I was so in love with the fact that with balanced method acupuncture, you can do a channel clearance, clear the pain in the body. And of course the, the proposal is that Wherever there's pain, there's stagnation of energy. Wherever there's stagnation of energy, that's the root of disease. So channel clearance is a great fast and it's dramatic. I mean, it's wonderful to show. And I might be a little fire or maybe a scorching fire. I'm not sure. (laughs) But I love dramatic stuff. (laughs) 
And so I love my drama. So I, you know, in that way, dramatic effects and so and responses. And so I loved it and I never looked back. So how long have you been doing well, that? Well, that's only practice? two years. Well, you know, that was 2015. I started dabbling on it. But just last year, Dr. Antonio Alfaro in the Costa Rica did the first class ever of uh, veterinary balance method. And it was in Spanish. So it was it was hilarious because I am Hispanic, but I have not read or spoke, you know, or spoken any scientific uh, Spanish in, I don't know, 26 years since I graduated, I guess. And so it was like relearning Spanish because it was not conversational Spanish. It was scientific terms and, and more more so uh, TCVM terms. So it was uh, a funny learning curve. But um, I TA for that course because, of course, I know Dr. Alfaro and I admire him tremendously. And I worked for him as a TA for the basic class. So when he said he was going to put together the balance method, which will incorporate Bruce Ferguson's teachings and Dr. Tang, Richard Tang, which is also late Richard Tang, and um, teachings then incorporated with the I Ching teachings, I was I was hooked. And so I just immediately said, um, yeah, I'm in. And I did a TA and got certified at the same time. So this year um, is the first English class in the Chico Costa Rica. Ah, so does your associate use the balance? Uh, I taught her some too, um, but it's hard because she didn't have the background of the theory. So she sees the stuff and she dabbles in some things. And I have tables and easy cheat cheese all all over the the clinic. But she does, you know. You know how TCVM people are. We we like our points and we like our recipe points sometimes and we get in love with them and it's hard to part with them. So, But she does. She does some. Sure. So um, of your acupuncture patients in your clinic, do you, do you, does your associate, do you maintain separate patient no, lists we, or do we you treat, treat each, each other's, other's cases? cases? And I don't mind and I'm not a metal. So, and she's, we're still fires. So when it's two fires, you know, we all get along. And if you treat it this way, okay, I'll treat it this way. Or if her ways, if, if we saw advancement in her ways, then I'll just treat her num- her points that she chose. And, you know, we, we're, we're cool like that. We, we support each other. So the client and, and the clients are oh, good yeah. with it too? You know, they, they love both of us. So that's good. Was it any issue to introduce the balance method to your clients to say, hey, I used to use 10 needles or 15 needles and now I'm no, using three? Uh, quite the contrary. Again, uh, they think um have magic power sometimes, some people, but <laughs> it's a, I just uh, stayed yeah. at a Holiday Inn Express, that I tell them, so... so back you know when when you were solo practitioner and you were growing your practice and you started to add associates with were your were your clients pretty accepting of not seeing you of course not because i was in the community events and i was the one that created it and i baby i tend to baby the clients and so yeah it was it's a lot and every time i'm right now looking and interviewing for uh our fifth associate 
And I can foresee, you know, the first six months is a little bit of resistance. But what I do, I usually tell them, you know, I trust them with my pay, with you know, with my patients. So, I mean, I, I like them. I trust them. So I just, you know, kind of like support them, uh, introduce them with me. They shadow me for a while uh, before they even get hired. So, yeah. That, that's important, I think. You know, that, that mentoring, that shadowing, so the clients can see that you have that, yeah. that confidence in and them. So, yeah, it's, it's the, if you yeah. have associates, you have to support them and you have to, uh, you know, stand by them and, and, you know, justify them. I mean, because, uh, you know, refusal to see them is refusal to trust your judgment. Uh, it's your judgment that brought this person into the practice. Right. Right. Well, thank you. This has been wonderful. If if um, people want to learn more about you and your activities, well, there's where can going they look? to be some exciting uh, webinars coming up, and uh, you might have more information about that. But this is uh, a very good. I did a four hour um, at a, one of the TCVM conferences, and it was well attended, and people loved it. And I gained a lot of insight from it. So I thought that's a great material out there to teach. Uh, all the TCVM practitioners, um, how to incorporate it, how to break on their own. And if they are doing their own business, you know, how to fine tune certain things and avoid all the pitfalls of not knowing what you're doing and the school of hard knocks. Uh, so I'm there to tell, you know, to, to share 24 years of, of, of owning the, the business and, growing the integrated practice. So, I mean, I think I can be of help and I love to be of help. That's, uh, yeah, you're right. You're doing some upcoming webinars for CIVT on financial chi, which we're looking forward to. And uh, we're of similar ages and, and certainly that's a thing that I find lacking a lot is that you know, the business aspects of how to, how to introduce the integrated medicine into your practice and, you know, best practices for that. So I'm really glad that you're going to, yeah, present I that really material. believe so that, that we need to support each other and to, to make sure that we're doing the best practice that we can for our patients, but also for ourselves. Like we, we deserve to have nice things. <laughs> I agree. Well, thanks so oh, much. It was a pleasure. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of the College of Integrative Veterinary Therapies. ZIVT provides world-leading education in natural medicine, including three accredited postgraduate qualifications, industry-recognized certifications, and a wide range of evidence-based courses and webinars delivered by qualified and experienced practitioners. By bridging cutting-edge science and tradition, CIVT helps you to expand your treatment options to tackle your most challenging cases. And whether you're a veterinarian, veterinary technician or nurse, animal health professional, or someone who wants to learn more, they have the right course for you. Investigate their offerings at civtedu.org. If you're enjoying this podcast, we'd appreciate if you'd take the time to tell a friend and to give us a favorable rating on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for your support. We'll see you next time.